Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, today I feel compelled to talk about some of my feelings about the current coronavirus pandemic. Now, I have very, very purposefully not spoken about this prior. Uh, Does not mean that I do not and have not had my opinions of this. Now, I have watched every single coronavirus task force meeting since the very beginning. I also make it a point to watch every news channel that includes Fox, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC. I'm trying to watch them all and pay attention to everything so that I can hear all sides, so that I'm sure that I am not getting a narrow focus when it comes to information, because that's what's happening. Now, I'm finding some very interesting um, information on the internet. Now, you really have to search for that anymore. As soon as it begins to ring true, you can be sure that that video on YouTube will be taken down, or that Facebook post will be deleted, or that Twitter tweet will be missing. So somebody is monitoring this, somebody who doesn't want us to hear some of this alternative information, which very well may be true. I mean, to me, if you're going to censor something, there's got to be truth to it. Uh, You wouldn't censor a picture of an egg salad sandwich, but as soon as you have some information about a whistleblower talking about the current events, then that gets taken off the air. There's got to be truth to it. So today I do want to talk about this, and and I don't want to diminish at all. I don't want this to be taken incorrectly as if I am diminishing any of the severity of this virus. Uh, or or lessening my thanks or my gratitude for anyone who is working on the front lines, because I do, in fact, know many, many people who are working through this pandemic and risking their lives to make sure that others are staying safe. I am not diminishing any of that. I am saying that there's quite a lot that's going on under the surface, <laughs> actually sometimes not under the surface, right out in the open in our in plain eyesight, but uh, we tend to not see it. However, for some reason, I don't know if I've been trained this way or if it's the researcher in me or just the skeptic in me. I look at everything uh, from several different angles just to make sure I'm not being fed something that I'm supposed to be taking. Anyway, I uh, have a friend 
And she's not an idiot. This woman is a flight attendant. She is an entrepreneur. She owns her own business. She's very well researched, very well spoken, uh, a very intelligent woman. She posted something on Facebook, and I want to share this with you. She says, I have kept my thoughts and questions off Facebook until now, but I have been enraged by all the censorship of videos and so encouraged by all the people who continue to repost and defy this un-American squelching of discourse. I use my common sense, question everything with boldness, and trust nothing without honest verification and legitimate sourcing. Too many things to count that do not make sense. Censorship is real. Conditioning is happening on a grand scale. I am no conspiracy theorist. Follow the facts and connect the dots together yourself. COVID-19 is real, but so is the plan. Fear equals control. Problem, reaction, solution, follow the money. Does all of this really make sense to you? Do you actually trust everything you're being told by the media? Are you okay with censorship of medical doctors who have differing opinions or question the current protocols? Patient deaths coded as suspected COVID-19 without testing as per CDC death certificate guidelines? A new expensive drug therapy with a new patent versus an out-of-patent cheap drug that's shown legitimate success? Why the praise on one drug and the hate on the other? How have life-saving drug therapies become political? Compare the studies. Odd, something doesn't smell right. How is it that there still is no vaccine for SARS of 2002, MERS of 2012, or coronaviruses, but one for COVID-19 will be whipped up in a jiffy by the end of the year? Huh? More oddities. Did it make sense to treat towns, cities, and states with scant populations and no mass transit the same as New York and New Jersey? How is it that big box stores with hundreds of employees and customers at a time are essential and worthy of personal risk? Yet tiny retail operations with perhaps one to two customers at a time are a danger to the public health? So let me get this straight. They are releasing prisoners and jailing business owners? Wow. And mask gate. I'm so confused. Explain to me how masks weren't helpful two months ago, but now if you don't wear one, you're a selfish you-know-what who wants their fellow mankind to die. So which is it? Were they wrong or did they lie? Were they incompetent or dishonest? Do we believe them then or now? Or do we just do what they say and don't ask questions or face punishment? And by the way, here's a phone number to report your neighbor. The New York Times published that the experts had to lie about the masks or people would run out and buy them all, leaving none for the front lines. Are you okay with the rationale to lie to the public and put our lives at risk under any circumstances? If masks will reduce the spread and keep us safe now, are you okay with the experts being so reckless with the truth and American lives then? Is that an acceptable lie to you? Why didn't they tell us to wear a makeshift mask? Well, maybe they didn't know. It is, after all, a novel virus. Really? 
They've been studying coronavirus family for decades. They're freaking experts in virology, huge part of that human-to-human -human transmission. If those original models were correct and millions could die, they must have thought, dang, it's pretty darn infectious, and we know that masks are needed. We'll let them infect more people while we secure the supply line. Wow, good plan. Bandanas, anyone? Scarves and homemade cloth masks could have been used months ago, but experts said they wouldn't protect the public. But they're okay now? Not just okay, but mandated. Doctors and experts were interviewed, stating that masks aren't effective for the general public. Now governors are mandating that we wear them. Based on what? Even the WHO. Huh, and don't get me started. But just for fun, even the WHO says the effectiveness necessity is not clear on masks for the public. They say currently there is not enough evidence for or against the use of masks, medical or other, for healthy individuals in the wider community. Unless maybe they want people to die, don't know. This argument has gone back and forth to the ugliest degree. Individual liberty versus collectivism. Not interested in that debate here, she says, but no matter which side you are on mask gate, can you believe the amount of hyperbole, defensiveness, and shaming going back and forth between American citizens, neighbors, friends? Definitely the dirty, disgusted looks from strangers on both sides. My friends, that is called conditioning. Do these oddities and so many more add up? Do they objectively make sense to a reasonable thinking person? Is censorship acceptable in any country? I don't want to argue with anyone. COVID-19 is real and it's deadly. My heart goes out to all those on the front lines and every family who has lost someone. I'm merely asking a question over and over. Do all the peripheral actions make sense to you? If they do, okay, you do you. If it doesn't, then dig deeper. Connect the dots. Search deeper than headlines and so-called fact-checker sites. Follow the money. Don't trust any one source. Ask yourself, does this make sense? So upon reading that, several points that she made made sense to me. And I want to address something, something actually that I've read with my own two eyes many weeks back. In its COVID-19 alert number two dated March 24th, 2020, I actually have this document sitting on my desk right here. Here it is. The CDC issued a directive to medical personnel that actually states COVID-19 should be reported on the death certificate for all decedents where the disease caused or is assumed to have caused or contributed to death. And there is an emphasis in the original of assumed to have caused or contributed to death. So it's easy to see that the official death figures from COVID-19 are exaggerated and the doctors may assign the virus as a cause of death even without having tested the patient. Moreover, in the United States, there is a financial incentive for hospitals to declare a patient COVID-19 positive since the government will reimburse the hospital more for such patients, $13,000 and three times more $39,000 if the COVID-19 patient is on a ventilator. Dr. Burks herself, I don't know if you've watched the Coronavirus Task Force since you've seen her on television, the, the woman with the scarf. I watched her and I heard her say this myself. She said, so I think in this country, meaning the United States, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality.
She says there are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition and let's say the virus caused you to go to the uh, ICU and then you have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are reporting it as a heart or kidney problem and not a COVID-19 death. She says right now we are recording it and we will. The intent is right now, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. So in other words, if you got run over by a Mack truck and you were brought to the hospital, they'd test you for COVID to make sure you weren't going to infect the staff. And let's say you tested positive but didn't have any symptoms, but just happened to be unlucky enough to get smashed by a truck and die. The liberal approach she talks about to your mortality is based on the edict handed down by the CDC, and that means your death certificate would state cause of death COVID. And here's another guideline from the CDC. It says, a probable case is a suspected case for whom the report from a laboratory testing for the COVID-19 virus is inconclusive, which says that you can still mark cause of death as a COVID-19 death, even if the lab test is inconclusive. Really? Now, this doesn't even address the moral dilemma hospitals face by the dangling of government money to call everything a COVID case. When someone dies in this country right now, they're not talking about high blood pressure, the diabetes, the stroke, the other comorbidities we've often heard them talking about from the vulnerable population. They say they died from COVID. Why is that? Why are hospitals and doctors being pressured to add COVID as cause of death? maybe to increase the numbers and make it look worse than it is? I've had doctors say, and this is a quote from a doctor, we are being pressured into adding COVID to the diagnostic list when we think it has nothing to do with the actual cause of death. The actual cause of death was not COVID, but it's being reported as one of the disease processes and being added to the death list. COVID didn't kill them. 25 years of tobacco use killed them. So how many people have actually died from COVID-19 is really anyone's guess. But based on how death certificates are being filled out, you can be certain the number is substantially lower than what we are being told. Based on inaccurate, incomplete data, people are being terrorized by fear mongers into relinquishing cherished freedoms. Now let's just spend a few minutes on Bill Gates. For years, Bill Gates has been at the forefront of research regarding global pandemics and mass vaccination campaigns. In the past decade, Gates went on record several times stating that the world was not ready for a global pandemic. Now, in October 2019, only a few months before the apparition of COVID-19, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in cooperation with the World Economic Forum, hosted Event 201, a three-and-a-half-hour tabletop simulation of a global pandemic. This was in New York, October 18, 2019. Oddly enough, this simulation was about a novel coronavirus that would kill millions. About eight weeks later, an actual novel coronavirus spurred in China. This led some people wondering if this exercise actually predicted the spread of COVID-19. Now, in response to this question, a statement was posted on the Event 201 website, and they said, In October of 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted a pandemic tabletop exercise 
called Event 201 with partners, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Recently, the Center for Health Security has received questions about whether that pandemic exercise predicted the current novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, the Center for Health Security and partners did not make a prediction during our tabletop exercise. For the scenario, we modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic, but we explicitly stated that it was not a prediction. Instead, the exercise served to highlight preparedness and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic. On March 13th, about a day after COVID-19 began shutting down the entire Western world, Bill Gates stepped down from the public board of Microsoft to, quote, dedicate more time to philanthropic priorities, including global health and development, education, and climate change, unquote. As the pandemic spread across the world, Gates became an outspoken and authoritative figure on the pandemic crisis, appearing all over mass media to share his views and recommendations. Interestingly, I read this at the time it happened on March 18th, Bill Gates took part in an AMA and Ask Me Anything on Reddit. It's, it's a, uh, an online forum where he answered questions about the pandemic. In one of his answers, Gates referred to a digital certificate to keep track of who got vaccinated. Now, a Reddit user named Remote Controlled User asked this question. What changes are we going to have to make to how businesses operate to maintain our economy while providing social distancing? Bill Gates's answer, the question of which businesses should keep going is tricky. Certainly food supply and the health system. We still need water, electricity, and the internet. Supply chains for critical things need to be maintained. Countries are still figuring out what to keep running. Eventually, we will have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or been tested recently or when we have a vaccine, who has received it. The most upvoted reply highlights the similarities between Gates's solution and the mark of the beast in the Bible. Now, the concept of a digital certificate to store medical information, including the vaccines a person has received, and to grant access to rights or services was not a mere suggestion. It is part of a massive project that is propelled by a powerful group called ID2020, which is backed by the United Nations, the Rockefeller Foundation, and Dun, 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 Bill Gates, Microsoft. Now, this ID2020 summit took place May of 2016. Simply put, ID2020 is looking to create a digital identification system that would store a wealth of personal information, and that would go beyond the limits of national governments. The official website of ID2020 states that a global digital identity is necessary to keep track of refugees and idealist people in developing countries. Of course, people in developed countries would be ID'd as well. The website states, we need to get digital ID right. But everyone should have access to a digital ID that enables them to prove who they are across institutional and international borders and across time while giving them control over how their personal information is collected, used, and shared, of course. In an article published by ID2020 in 2018, they say vaccines are the perfect way to introduce digital identity to the world, especially infants. Appropriately titled Immunization, an Entry Point for Digital Identity, the article states, 
because immunization is conducted in infancy, providing children with a digital child health card would give them a unique portable digital identity early in life. And as children grow, their digital child health card can be used to access secondary services such as primary school or ease the process of obtaining alternative credentials. Effectively, the child health card becomes the first step in establishing a legal, broadly recognized identity. And already, researchers from MIT might have a solution. They've created an ink that can be safely embedded in the skin alongside the vaccine itself, and it's only visible using a special smartphone camera app and filter. In other words, they found a covert way to embed the record of a vaccination directly in a patient's skin rather than documenting it electronically or on paper. So we all know the inevitable mass vaccination campaign to eradicate COVID-19 would be the perfect opportunity to introduce a worldwide digital ID, which would store a wealth of information about you, including your vaccination history, and it could be used to grant access to rights and services. I don't know if that sits well with you, but it doesn't sit well with me. Now, I also want to go back to a previous coronavirus task force meeting. And I don't know if you remember this, but as I said, I watched every single one. At the end of one of them, Trump said these exact words. He said, this was artificially induced. They said, close it down. You have to close it down. And then he tossed it over to the vice president, Pence, without offering an explanation of exactly what he meant. And he walked out of the room. And then, true to form, not one of the dummies in the press asked him what he meant by it. I mean, I was shouting at the TV, hoping someone from the lamestream press would question him, but they did not. They just continued with their canned, idiotic questions meant to trap him into saying something they could easily misconstrue. So what did he mean? This was artificially induced. They said, close it down, close it down. Well, I don't have, to, I don't have time to get into all of it today. But I do want to bring up Fauci as well as his task force colleague, Dr. Burks. They both have questionable big money conflicts of interest where solutions to the coronavirus pandemic are concerned. Coronavirus response team member Dr. Deborah Burks, the one with the scarf, appointed by former President Obama to serve as United States Global AIDS Coordinator, also sits on the board of the Global Fund that has received billions from the Gates Foundation. And Burks reportedly used a disputed Bill Gates-funded model for the White House coronavirus effort. We all know that. The model they were using was funded by Bill Gates, indicating that millions of people would die, basically forcing the president to be so fearful as to shut down the economy. And we all know that Gates is a big proponent for a population lockdown scenario for the coronavirus outbreak. Early in 2017, Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said there is no doubt that Donald Trump will be confronted with a surprise infectious disease outbreak during his presidency. We will definitely get surprised in the next few years, he said. Does he have a magic eight ball or does it have something to do with Trump's statement? This was artificially induced. They said, close it down, close it down. I don't know, just throwing it out there. 
In October of 2019, Fauci announced a partnership between the Gates Foundation and his agency in which the Gates Foundation pledged to spend $100 million. So there's just so much more going on that you don't hear about and you can't find by doing an internet search. The internet has been scrubbed. It is devoid of anything honest. You cannot go to a search engine, type in a phrase or a name or a question and get an honest, unbiased answer. YouTube videos have been banned, just taken off the air. Facebook and Twitter links vanish. It's sickening. And I just wanted you to know. Now, I am not here telling you today what to think. I am not saying that the coronavirus hasn't killed people. I'm not saying I have the answers. I am not telling you what to think, but I am begging you to think. Just because they tell you to wear a mask doesn't mean you cannot see, hear, think, and speak up. If ever my weekly statement to you was ever true, it sure is now. You have to speak up and stay alive. Well, if you're wondering what's going on, please pay attention. Read, research, ask questions, talk to people. We simply cannot accept what we're being told. We really need to think for ourselves. So please, I encourage you to do so. Alrighty, we're running out of time. As always, encourage you to head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com. That's where you can find my books, Speak Up and Stay Alive, The Patient Advocate Hospital Survival Guide. With more and more people entering the hospital, we need that book more than ever because hospital infections are still happening. We're just not hearing about it. People in nursing homes and rehabs without family oversight, people can't go in and visit with them to make sure that things are happening correctly. It's frightening to me. Please get a copy of the book. Go to speakupandstayalive.com or you can call me 440-725-5462, 440-725-5462 and get a copy of the book, Speak Up and Stay Alive and also Healthcare Acquired Infections, The Troublemakers, and How to Avoid Them. We're so wrapped up with the coronavirus right now, we are forgetting that things like MRSA and C. diff and all of the other goodies that affect people in hospitals are still affecting them. But guess what? That's not being marked on their death certificates. Are people getting C. diff in the hospitals and dying? Yes. MRSA dying? Yes. And what is it being coded as? Coronavirus, COVID-19. So please... Please, 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 this week, pay attention, think, speak up. All right, I'm done. I will see you again next week. Same time, same place, but never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week where you can think and speak up. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice and patient safety. If you've missed part of today's show or just want to share the information with friends, you can listen to all of Pat's previous shows at speakupandstayalive.com. Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember, it's okay to ask others to wash their hands. You have to speak up and stay alive.
Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the host of Mrs. Green's World, and I personally invite you to become a part of our movement. We show up every day to help create the change we wish to see because we care deeply about this great planet of ours. The guests I interview inspire ways of living that are healthy, sustainable, and socially just. We discuss real issues by leveraging experts and science to get trustworthy information. Please visit our website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. Know you've been a good friend And that's in the thick and thin And I know it's never gonna end Cause you've been a good friend Thanks to the coronavirus, we're all at home with plenty of free time. What to do? I know I've cleaned out closets, dresser drawers, the refrigerator. Who knew staying at home could be so much work? So now that everything is clean and tidy, what next? How about a good book? When was the last time you had time to read? Well, here's your opportunity, and I have a suggestion for you. The book is titled Rio, A Love Story, How My Dog Saved My Life, written by Joni Dark Shepherd. It's a moving, loving, and heartfelt story about a woman who cared for her ailing sister and mother until they both passed away. And then she found herself getting lost in the darkness of depression. She rescued several dogs and found the love of her life, Rio, whose unconditional love got her out of the house and into the show ring. Check it out at the website joanandrio.com. The book is also available as an audiobook that I had the honor to narrate. So read it or listen to it, but do it. Either way, visit joanandrio.com.